939. Good afternoon. Thank you for being here tonight. We are glad that you're here. I hope everybody will please stay for our meal uh, after the service tonight. I'm just sitting over here uh, listening to these young voices sing, and y'all do a wonderful job. The first two or three rows there, I'm not talking about you older folks, the younger folk. But it's wonderful to hear young voices uh, like y'all sing out. And it's always a pleasure for me to be here. Uh, I always enjoy coming up on Labor Day weekend and being uh, with you. Uh, yesterday, uh, Marge and I decided that uh, we were getting old enough to where we need to go ahead and get our tombstones. So we went over to Dayton, Tennessee and talked to Steve Brown and... Uh, picked out some uh, tombstones, and I told him I sure hope we don't need those until he gets them put up. So uh, this is going to be home for us uh, in this valley, and uh, we're uh, looking forward to being with you several more years as long as our health holds good. I, uh, we'll come as long as the elders, you know, allow me to come and be with you, and uh, this is where I grew up, and I can remember years ago, uh, back over in the old building, when we used to have a house full of uh, people there. Bob Bryson would be preaching, several other preachers would uh, preach, and we just had a, a real good service there, and I always enjoyed I remember that as a young boy. I was uh, probably uh, nine or ten years old when I first started uh, attending, but I never, you know, I never was baptized until I was 18 years old. But it's always a pleasure to uh, be with you uh, here at Bethel uh, each and every time that I have the opportunity. And I want to thank the elders, and I want to thank you for your steadfast uh, faithfulness in serving the Lord and doing what God wants you to do. I encourage you to keep up the good work, keep doing what God wants you to do, and if you do that, if you're pleasing to God, God's going to bless us because He keeps all of His promises that He has made to each and every one of us. Tonight I want to talk just a few moments about the nine justices that we're going to have to face on the Day of Judgment. As you know, the Supreme Court uh, makes final decisions on several issues that a lot of times the lower courts cannot make a decision on. And whatever they decide, that is supposed to be the final decision. So as we study tonight, I think we're going to realize, uh, I didn't realize that there were this many justices in the Bible that we're going to have to give an account to uh, when we stand before God on the Day of Judgment. I always thought of the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son, but there's several more that I want us to discuss tonight, and I want us to uh, talk about them. I think we need to uh, talk, talk and think about judgment. I think we need to uh, think about what it's going to be like on the day of judgment. I think that he tells us that some of us are going to be happy, some of us are going to go away sorrowful because we have not lived and we have not uh, done the things that God wanted us to do in order for us to go there. In the book of Amos 4 and verse 12, it tells us there to prepare to meet thy God. And that's what we're doing in this life here upon this earth today. We're preparing 
uh, to meet God. And if we don't prepare ourselves in a good way, in a way that is pleasing to God, if we don't follow His commandments and follow the things that He teaches and tells us to do, uh, we're going to be sad on the day of judgment. We're going to go away sorrowful. And if we do what God wants us to do, and I hope and pray that each and every one of you do, that on the day of judgment, boy, it's going to be a wonderful day. It's going to be a wonderful time. You're going to be happy, and you're going to, you're not going to have any more tears, not going to have any more sorrow when you stand before God on the day of judgment, and He says, Enter thou into the glory of the Lord. That's the hope that each and every one of us should have, and I hope and pray that I will have the opportunity uh, to enter into that wonderful place called heaven. Okay, let's get to the nine justices tonight and uh, talk a little about them and uh, see how they fit into our life. The first one is uh, God the Father. Uh, In the book of Hebrews 10 and 31, it says, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And he also says, For God did not spare even the angels who sinned, He threw them into hell in gloomy pits of darkness where they are being held until the day of judgment. So evidently back sometime in the period of history there were angels that sinned. And God could not tolerate those people. And He is holding those people. And uh, when they stand before God, they have sinned. And uh, they're going to stand before God on the day of judgment and they're going to be judged for the things that they do. I like what old Luke 12 and 4 and 5 says. It says there, Luke the writer says, Don't fear them that can kill the body. Why? Because that's all they can do. They can't do anything else. They can kill the body, but they can't do anything else. But he goes on to say, Fear him who can send your soul to hell. And that is God. So we see there here that God the Father, uh, we might call Him the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court here, but we need to realize that if we are not living the way that God wants us to live, that uh, God is going to hold each and every one of us accountable for the things that we have done and the things that we have not done. Then there is the number two, there is the Holy Spirit. It says, when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment in the book of John 16 and 8. And it also says, and everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. So what he's saying, what the writer is saying here is that you can sin against the Son and ask God for forgiveness, but you cannot sin against the Holy Spirit and that sin be forgiven. A lot of people say, well, uh, I'm afraid that I sin against the Holy Spirit. But I don't think we have to worry about that too much But because what does it mean for us to sin against the Holy Spirit? The unforgivable sin, I think, involves deliberate and ongoing rejection of the Holy Spirit's work and thus the work of God Himself. 
I think that's what it means. We don't really have to worry about that because most of us do not reject what the Holy Spirit stands for and how that He works in our lives. Now, I don't really understand how the Holy Spirit works, and a lot of times, you know, uh, you probably don't either. But we do realize that the Holy Spirit does work in each and every one of our lives in a certain way. Number three, there is Jesus. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. John 5 and 22. It says, For the Son of Man shall come in glory of His Father with His angels, and then He shall reward every man according to His work. So what we need to realize is that it is Jesus who is going to judge each and every one of us. You remember the first time, as I said this morning, when Jesus came down to the earth, uh, He came down as our Savior. He came down to seek and to save the lost. He didn't come down to judge the world at that time. But when He comes again, He's not going to be uh, here to save us. He's going to be here to judge each and every one according to how that we have lived here upon this earth. The, Philipp- the book of Philippians, I think, points out very good uh, what uh, this means in Philippians 2, uh, 9-11. It says, At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow under heaven, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So what we've got to realize is that it is Jesus, the one that when He comes back, He is going to judge us. And one time I was uh, teaching a class in Huntsville, and I made the comment that Jesus, when He comes back, will never set foot on the earth again. I don't think He will. Because what does it say? It says that we'll meet Him where? We'll meet Him up in the air, won't we? I don't think that He'll come back because He was treated so bad when He came here the first time that He says, I just don't want to come back anymore. But He's going to meet us in the air and He's going to be our judge and we need to realize that it's Jesus that is going to come back and judge each and every one of us. Now the rest of these I really hadn't thought about until one of our, one of our deacons in Huntsville uh, taught this lesson. I didn't realize that there were so many things that when we stand before God on the day of judgment that we're going to be held accountable for that these justices. The number four is the words of the word. It says, if anyone hears my word but does not keep them, I do not judge that person, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save it. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my word. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. So you see, the, if a person has heard God's word, if you have heard a sermon time and time again and a, a preacher has told you what you need to do to be saved and you don't do anything about it, it says that you are going to be judged by these things. On the last day, you're going to be held accountable 
for those things. And then number five, we're going to be judged by our own words. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. Matthew 10, 32. Do you remember when you were baptized? Do you remember what the preacher asked you or whoever <coughs> baptized you said? Most of the time they say, Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? And most of the time that person will say, I do. And what he means here is that by our own words we're going to be judged. Usually, when I have the opportunity to baptize someone, when I ask them that, uh, I also make another comment to them. I say, are you also willing to let Jesus be the Lord of your life? And you know, if people do that, if they'll let Jesus be the Lord of their life, I think that people are going to be in a good standing with God on the day of judgment. So uh, our, our own words are going to condemn us. This is what he says here, for, for by your own words you will be acquitted, and by your own words you will be condemned. Matthew 12 and verse 37. So we see the, by our own words whatever we say, and if we're willing to acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, then we're going to be in a good standing with God. But if we, if we do not acknowledge that, if we do not believe in God, if we do not acknowledge Him as our Savior, on the day of judgment, we're going to be held accountable. Number six, our hearts. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. The things that proceed out of the mouth comes from the heart, and those defile the man. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murders, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. Matthew 15 and verse 8, also verses 18 through 19. So we see here, even back during the time of Jesus, people said they believed in Jesus, but their heart was far from Him. And that, that can also happen to you and I. We can say we believe in Jesus. We can say that we love Jesus. We can say that we want to go to heaven, but our lives, the lives that we live, don't fit that standard and a lot of times we need to realize that our hearts have got to be dedicated to God. And that means that we are to honor God. We are to honor God in all things that we do. Number seven, our own actions. In the book of Matthew seven twenty one, it says, Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven, 
but only those that do what? Do the will of my Father who is in heaven. So we see here that we've got to be faithful to God. We can't just call upon the Lord, Lord, and enter into the kingdom of heaven. We've got to do His will. We've got to do the Father's will. And I think that will help each and every one of us enter into heaven. It says, For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we reserve for good or evil we have done in this earthly body. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. That's duty and responsibility. We have a duty to serve God. We have a duty to do the things that God wants us to do. Don't just call Him Lord, Lord. Be actively involved in the work of the Lord. And number eight is one that I really never had thought about very much. It's called our silent witness. There's a story told uh, at Christmas time every year, a lot of times. I don't know where it was old Grandpa Jones that uh, told this story or not, but he tells the story of a man named Comrade that was uh, waiting to see Jesus. He, he thought Jesus was coming to see him that day. And it was a cold day right before Christmas and he had fixed up his house and he was ready for Jesus to come. And he had got everything prepared and was waiting for Jesus to come. And early that morning, uh, he didn't come. And about mid-morning, there was a knock at the door. There was a little boy there that <clears throat> he was lost and uh, hungry and he knocked on the door and Conrad said, come on in. And uh, the little boy came in and talked to uh, Conrad and Conrad uh, warmed him up and gave him something to eat. And the little boy left. And, but still, Jesus hadn't come. About noon that day, Conrad was getting worried about, I don't believe Jesus is going to come and see me. And about that time, someone knocked on the door. It was an elderly man there that, he said, I've lost my way and I don't know where to go. I'm trying to go to my mom's house on uh, Christmas Day and help her celebrate. But I've lost my way. Could you uh, help me find out uh, where she lives? She's supposed to live in this neighborhood. And he said, come on in and we'll uh, look it up. And they looked it up and found out where that uh, he was supposed to go. And uh, he also let him warm up a little because it was cold outside. And he left and it was about midday. Later that afternoon, it was getting to be three or four o'clock. And he said, I just don't believe Jesus is going to come today. And after a little while, there was another knock at the door. There was an elderly lady there that was begging for food. And he said, come on in. Uh, I was expecting Jesus, but He hadn't come yet. Come on in, I'll give you some food and uh, let you warm up and everything will be okay. She came in, sit a while, had tea with Him, and after that time... Uh, she left. 
And it was getting late. It was beginning to get dark. And Comrade went over to the bed. He was about ready to go to uh, bed, and he prayed. And he said, Lord, uh, I really am disappointed that you didn't come. But you know the Scripture in the Bible that I want to read to you now. It says, Truly, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. See, Jesus did come that day. Jesus came three times. And Conrad did not realize that it was Jesus. And you know, it's the silent things that's going to help a lot of us. The things that we do in silent. We should never do something to, for praise from other people. Just do things in silent and let people know that you love them in each and every way. So, in Matthew 6 and 4, it says, Your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So you see, these are the things that I never had really thought about, that when we stand before God, that we're going to have to give an account for all of these things that we've done and all of these things that we have not done. And number nine... In 1 John 1 and 7, says, But if we are living in the light, as God is the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1 and 7, Being justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? Romans 5 and verse 9. I thought this would be helpful to each and every one of you to realize that there's more important things that we've got to do. Uh, and like I said in the beginning, I only thought about God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus that I was going to have to give an account for. But these other justices that I've talked about tonight, we're going to have to give an account for the way that we have lived and what we have done and what we have not done. To conclude this message tonight, we just need to remember what it tells us in Romans 8 and verse 1, where the writer there says, Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus... If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're faithful, there is no condemnation. You're going to be ushered right on into that wonderful place called heaven, and it's going to be a wonderful scene. You're going to be happy. You're going to be satisfied, and you're going to look back, and you're going to say, well, I worked for it, and I'm glad that the Lord has accepted me. But you know, when I read the Bible... When I read the book of Matthew and when I think about what the book of Matthew teaches and tells us about the way, when it talks about there's a wide way, 
and that there's a lot of people that go in there at. You know, I look at the world today and see all of the hatred and see all of the evil things that are going on. See all of the evil that people are doing that is not pleasing in the sight of God. I can partially realize what God is saying here when people do not even not acknowledge God. They want to take God out of everything. They want to take God out of our country. They want to take God out of everything. They want to take God off of even off of our coins and off of our dollar bills and all of those things. And I can understand why God said that there are going to be a lot of people go that way because they have not lived up to His standards. Then I look at the other side of that Scripture when it says that narrow is the way and few there be that find it. That makes me want to try a little harder. That gives me an incentive to do what God teaches and tells us to do. And the older I get, the more I believe that. The more I believe that I've got to do more. I've got to keep on doing the things that God wants me to do because I want to be one of those few. And I want each and every one of you to be one of those few. And you can do it, but I can't do it for you. You have to do it yourself. And it's uh, when you stand before God, you're going to be judged for the things that you have done, not the things that I have done. So when we stand before God, let's remember that if we have served Him faithfully, if we have been faithful to Him in all things that we do, that He's going to bless us and that we'll not be condemned. If you're subject to gospel call in any way tonight, if you've been unfaithful or if you have not served Him the way that you should, and uh, if any of these justices that we have talked about tonight, if you've not been true and obedient to those things, and you need to rededicate your life back to Him, tonight would be a wonderful time uh, to do that. Come forward, give me your hand, God your heart, and uh, Brother T.A. will uh, take care of your needs and we'll pray for you. We'll ask God to be with you and bless you. Or if you have never been baptized for the remission of your sins, we know that the Bible teaches that if you're baptized, you're a baptized believer, uh, then you can enter into the kingdom of heaven if you serve God, be faithful to God all the days of your life. If you're subject in any way tonight, we invite you to come. Thank you.